Yo, 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 it is about that time. Chicka, chicka, chicka. That was uh, my DJ scratching sound uh, because we're hip hop like that. Uh, chicka, 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 ooh. Uh, what's up, guys? This is Jacques Slade, and you are listening to the Outside the Box podcast. Podcast, podcast. That's the echo because we can't afford sound effects quite yet. Uh, just want to welcome you guys back to the show. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. The show would not be what it is without you. And to be honest, this show would probably be even better without me. That's why I bring along two of the most intelligent people that I know. They are sneaker aficionados, but they are also just really great people in general. And they really help round this show out uh, to help uh, even even kill my foolishness. I am talking about none other than Nick Ingvall and Tiffany Beers. Nick, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hey, my name is Nick Ingvall. I've uh, been working in the sneaker business for about 10 years or so. and. Uh, I have a site called Sneaker History, um, but basically I just uh, kind of enjoy learning from Tiffany and Jacques here, and um, I guess that's why I'm here. Uh, Tiffany, let them know who you are, how they can connect with you. Hi, I'm Tiffany Beers. Uh, I've been in the sneaker industry for over a decade now, and um, yeah, I worked at Nike, I did some innovation, I did product development, all kinds of fun stuff. You can find me at Tiffany Beers on YouTube and on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, that's Rumble Beers on YouTube, you guys. Because <laughs> uh, Rumble, <laughs> Rumble, young Tiff, Rumble. I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> So we're starting the show on a on a uh, on a sneaker note today uh, because we have uh, some. There's a new shoe coming out. I don't know if it's, it's officially released yet, but it should be coming out pretty soon. It's the Nike React Element 55. Now, people, uh, I'll say people because uh, I don't want to name names here. They've been looking at this shoe and they feel like it is the second coming of the Roshi run. Now, I have some thoughts about that and um, I'm gonna spiel my my thoughts real quick. So, I feel like the Roshi run, or the Roche run, uh, actually, Tiffany, can you help us clarify what is the, is it Roshi run, is it Roche run, is it Roche, is it Roshi? Um, I've heard a lot of different names for it. It's Roshi, I believe, but I could be wrong. So it's okay. So it is Roshi. Yeah. All right. See, I was like the Roche, the Roche Ruan. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, the Roshi run. I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere. It was kind of like a sleeper sneaker that I think people just really embraced. But I don't feel like that's going to be the same thing with the React Element 55. And you know, if you guys, feel free to jump in here to correct me. But we have the React Element 87 which is kind of like the hype version of the shoe. But then we have the React Element 55, which is almost like the takedown. So uh, when I say takedown, for those that uh, aren't familiar with that verbiage, when like a signature athlete does a shoe, so like maybe like the LeBron or the Kobe or the Kyrie, they usually do like a takedown version of the shoe, which is almost, I would say like a budget version of that shoe, it may not have necessarily all the technology that the that the signature shoe has, but it still kind of incorporates the feel or the presence of the athlete, and that's what I'm assuming is happening with the React Element 55. It's kind of the takedown version of the React Element 87, which is getting all the hype and people seem to really like. 
Um, so, Nick, I I'm going to throw this to you. Do you see the React Element 55 as being the next Roshi, or is is that just kind of like people were just trying to connect two dots because the shoes are are really basic versions of shoes? Uh, I mean, I think I think you could you could look at it that way. I think that you know the one thing that was really unique about the Roshi was when it came out in maybe like 2012, late 2011, early 2012, something like that. Um, you know, the shoe was like seventy dollars, so it was so much lower priced than everything on the market that right. it was like, and, 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 you know, aside from like comfort and wearability and all those things, it was just so low priced that you know it was kind of surprising that it even caught on i think like the 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 general like you know shoes that were popular at that time were not were 100 120 dollars so the react element 55 is uh you know i think 110 or 120 which it's definitely a lower price point than a lot of the you know the shoes the cool shoes on the market um i don't know that it's you know going to fully take on what the Roshi became just because it, it you know, the, the popularity of the the 87 is, it mimics kind of like, I, I see where like people are, are connecting, you know, you have like kind of these super limited colorways that come out and then you have like right. this massive market flooding of, you know, the 55 will be available at, you know, finish line and Foot Locker and Foot Action and East Bay and, you know, all of your local boutiques. Like, it'll it'll just be everywhere more than likely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. that's that's kind of the connection. Um, you know, but it's still, it's still like, even with inflation, like, you know, five, six years later, that's still a pretty high price point for people. Like, I think general consumers have this, like, triple digit price point limit where once you go over a hundred dollars like that's expensive for a mom and dad to buy a kid a pair of shoes and that was the one right. thing that the roshi had the advantage of where you know everything else was you know in the in the 100 150 range and roshi just came in at such a low point and it caught on you know that to me was like an extreme it was so extreme that that you know i don't know how you could connect the the 55 or any of the react element stuff in that sense just because the price points are so different but i don't know i mean do you was the tiffany do you think the roshi was um was it expected you know it didn't seem like it was expected to do as well as it ended up doing but was there buzz around that shoe at that time at nike um. or I don't. I don't even remember it, and I was not an early adopter of the Roshi. I did not care for what they looked like, but I ended up finding a pair of high top ones at the employee store one day, and I never saw them again. And to this day, are one of still my favorite shoes. Um, I don't. Re I, I don't. I mean, I remember it doing really well. I don't know though anything about if they thought it was going to do well or anything like that. I mean, it was a super comfortable shoe, mostly because the upper wasn't, um, it was just very simple, but they had a great sock liner in the shoe, a very, very comfortable sock liner. So mm. I, I think it's a very different beast than the Element. Now, that being said, React is such a comfortable foam that I mean, I hope they. I hope that more people get to experience React uh, underfoot, and so uh, for that yeah. reason, I mean, that's why the price point's higher on this shoe, right? React is an mm -hmm. expensive cushioning. Um, it's only been used in performance to date until the prequel came out. 
So I think I think it's going to be interesting. What I don't understand is how they think that that clear translucent material is a higher price point. Like, I mean, sure, right. that material might cost more, but like, if you've worn the 87, it is not actually very foot friendly. That material in the uppers kind of stink, right? Like, they definitely cause a lot of irritation. Um, and especially if you're trying to wear no, no show socks, <laughs> see if I can say that three right. times fast. <laughs> um, they definitely are not that comfortable. So I'm actually hopeful that the 55 is more comfortable. I think they can play with it in a lot of fun colorways. So right. I think it could become a very big popular shoe, but I don't know if it will get as big as the Roshi that that price point at 85 bucks was just too hard to turn down. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's a that's and that's the interesting thing about this. Like, cause I I agree with you that I do want people to experience React. Uh, I I like it. I, as I said before, I'm sure I've said before on the show. Like, I run in it when I do when I do like my shorter shorter runs. Um, that's that's what I I choose to to run in. Like, I've never done more than like ten miles in in the React. But I think it's something that everyone should experience just on foot. Period. I think it's just going to be uh, I think it's going to be a great shoe. But something I, I wonder is because this is a lower price point, because the 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 regular React is at I believe one fifty. Yeah. So these are what, what would you say, Nick? One twenty, one thirty? I think it's one twenty. Yeah. One twenty. And you know, Tiffany, correct me here. One thirty. Does does that mean they're doing a different variation of React? And I guess. That that's something I've always kind of been curious about. Like when they do these shoes with the same technology at a lower price point, are they changing the formula of the foam so that it's a cheaper version of the foam, or are they just upselling the hyped version with that foam? Um, I think it. I think it's more about the uppers, right? Because it, the Epic React mm -hmm. is 150, and it has a flyknit upper on it, and that flyknit technology is not cheap. So if you if you compare the two uppers only, I'd be shocked actually because foam performance is so particular. I'd be shocked if if they changed the formula for a lower price point without changing the name or changing it and mm. explaining it as a different technology, right? Like think of all the different foams throughout the years and then they started calling one lunar lawn and it, it effectively had a slightly different chemistry that offered better properties. So no, I don't think they're lowering I don't think they're changing chemistry of foam to lower price point. I think it's more about how they construct the shoe and the other materials involved. Like sock liner is a big deal. Lace is a big deal. That translucent material is apparently a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that translucent material might be expensive, Tiffany. Yeah. We don't know. They, they might be paying $10 a foot for that or whatever it is a foot. <laughs> Transparency <for that. laughs> is expensive, as we're learning. Is it really? Well, in oh, life, I was say, I was, oh, so, is oh, just, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's a different that's a different conversation. Uh, <laughs> that that opens up a whole new can of worms. But I mean, I, I think I think it is I think it is exciting, and what I, I think I'm most excited about is seeing what they do with the materials on the upper. I think that's where I either like really fall in love or kind of dis disassociate myself with the shoe is when they can really do like really great materials and really great colors on the upper that really help the silhouette stand out. It's amazing to me how much of a difference 
a colorway can make to a shoe or how much of a difference just ha having having certain materials on an upper can really change like your whole perception of a shoe that you may have thought of you didn't like but then you see it in a certain color or with certain materials you're like oh man that shoe looks good that's, yeah, that's, that's just amazing to me yep and uh since we're talking about nike and uh different colors and different materials and uh let's go with different athletes and this time we're going to go with kaepernick and nike in their just do it campaign now nike just released this ad earlier this week talking about uh well really it's talking about a bunch of different athletes and uh kaepernick happens to be the the hot button focus of this just because of the protests that he was doing but it brings about a bunch of different conversations about nike and about kaepernick and about what they're doing so watching the ad if you watch the ad nike really isn't selling anything there it's not like there's a shoe there that they're trying to sell you there's not a shirt that they're trying to sell you what they're what they're selling you in a sense is you basically like you're the greater and now I would even say like the greater you, the the version of you that you want to be, they're they're selling you on on becoming that person, which is a really interesting perspective and an interesting way for a company to to market itself. And I I, I, I sh part of I guess the struggle that I have is I, I I'm excited that they're supporting Kaepernick's efforts in a very, um, uh, I don't want to say, not a direct way, but in a way that's a little, it's, I would say it's, it's like a loose uh, uh, support for him. Because they're not saying specifically Black Lives Matter or fight social injustice or fight uh, against police brutality. Like, if you notice, that's not in the ad. What's, what's in the ad is the the moral there there seem to be focusing more on the moral standing of which Kaepernick is using or his um, his the philosophy that he's using to in order to to fight those things um, but I know that's that's a bit of a ramble and feel free to jump in here but I just feel like that is just an interesting sort of dichotomy uh, because Nike is a business and Nike needs to make money and even though like they're supporting loosely supporting Kaepernick and what he's done at the end of the day I feel like this is still marketing to the masses in their own sort of way I think I if mean, you look at the Nike's you know corporate mission though it's to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world right and it's asterisks if you have a body or an athlete right this is bringing inspiration right like maybe the idea is not crazy enough you know like i love right. what they're saying here you know you know some of you know i think the fact that this is creating such a conversation for so many people is fantastic like we need to have these conversations we need more awareness we need people to talk about this stuff um and i think it does align well with actually nike's mission now whether it's a little too political or not, I know that's been a massive discussion about it, but at the end of the day, they're inspiring people, right? Like, what right. was your crazy idea? What idea did you have for yourself, Jacques, that you, once you saw that ad, you're like, oh man, maybe that's not crazy enough. Like, I thought that for sure. Like, maybe my idea isn't crazy right. enough. You know, like, what is right. the next level? Yep. 
Yeah. I, yeah, and, and that's what... Go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, and I, and I think, like, it's, it's, you know, it's politicized, you know, through social media. And, and obviously what he stands for, you know, in his beliefs is, you know, can be a political thing. But with Nike, like this, like like Tiffany said, this just follows their. They've been an you know an inspirational, aspirational company, you know, probably since the '80s, right? Since, since the, you know, even since probably the Jordan One, or uh, if at very latest, you know, like the Air Max One and like the Revolution, join the Revolution, you know, like all of those things have political undertones. All of their marketing has always had political undertones, if you want to take it that way, but. It's it's really just about being a better you, at the end of the day, and I think that's the thing that like, a lot of you know like you can see people get all up in arms about it, and I think you know it's it's great that we are even having these conversations because there's serious issues in the world that that we just blow over and we don't take the time to talk about, um, but you know them getting all of their athletes involved, you know like you said like if you have a body you're an athlete that approach and like all the the diversity and the adversity that some of the athletes that are in that commercial have had to go through it just is like i think the people that are like paying attention that are open to seeing the message is like just just like get over your sorry i don't know if we're allowed to cuss on here but like get over yourself and you know kind of move forward with that you you know and and go after what it is that you want yeah, I think yeah. if you if you compare this though, like the the latest news on Nike prior to that is like the Me Too movement, right? Their corporate culture having a lot of issues. So, I think this right. is a very interesting time that they come out with this campaign, and I hope that it is also translated into their corporate culture. Um, and I I hope that those two things start to come together and they can be a better example. That would be that would be dope because um, part of part of the I guess the blowback about this ad is that if you look at like Nike's executive lineup, there's not very much diversity there. Yeah. And there's like, with this is like, you guys are, you guys are pushing this diversity and inclusion yet the, you know, the executives that make these decisions, there's not very much diversity there. And that's, you know, I think part of that is because of, you know, some people with bad behavior were removed from the executive executive line and that I'm sure impacted how, how diverse that lineup is but I, I get I get what people are trying to say and you know I, I go I go back and forth with this it's just it's one of those things where I I struggle with the the the, the profiting off of a political message uh, but at the end of the day someone's going to and it's going like it's someone's going to so I guess it's like is it okay? Who is it okay to profit off of something like this? Um, I'm happy the message is out there. I'm happy that the message is getting a broader audience, and that people are hopefully seeing it for what it is, and how they should be inclusive of it, as opposed to exclusive. Or I mean, instead of instead of trying to to uh, to remove themselves from it, because I think that uh, it's an opportunity for people to look at each other and look within themselves, and really just do better I, I kind of feel like the ad speaks to like just do it was fantastic it was it just represented a moment in time and it was so aspirational and it spoke to so many 
different situations. And with this new ad, it's almost like just do it 2.0, but there's it's just said in a bunch of different ways. It's almost like they couldn't like, how do we follow up, just do it? And then they have all of these other lines that could kind of follow up, just do it. Um, and and I think that's that's part of the genius of, of Nike and the folks over at Weed and Kennedy. Uh, they've done they've done a terrific job, and uh, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. I know it may seem like I'm opposed to this, but I'm not. I just I just want to talk about both sides and you know let people see both sides of the issue. And I think that's yeah, but anyway. I think that's the the biggest point, right? Like people need to recognize that there there are tons of ways to go about like consuming this information and looking at it and like finding, you know, like like it's okay to disagree. Like it's okay to not have the same exact everything as the people that you hang out with or whatever. Like there's plenty of people that, you know, I think of like, you know, like you could look back at like Bill Bowerman and um, Phil Knight and like they've been like huge supporters of the Republican Party for a very long time. And and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that this is how our world is supposed, how as the United States is supposed to work where there's balance and there's conversation and like, you know, we're just in a really weird spot where like everybody's kind of up in arms in a lot of ways. But like even right. even with Kaepernick's, you know, kneeling, like there's plenty, you know, like you could you could like in the sneaker community, you could you could go look at like Daniel, um, one legged lister on Instagram. And every time Kaepernick has come up, he's he's a veteran, you know, lost his leg, all of these things. And he talks about how he supports this whole belief of, you know, being able to protest in a in a peaceful way. And. Right. You can go find people on on all sides of that, and I think the 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 important thing to take away from is like this is just like starting the conversation. I think, and I'm happy to see any brand, especially Nike, with with such a powerful message, to like pushing forward that. Like, you know, we need to kind of deal with some of these things as a society because we we obviously are in a really like you know rough time for just plain conversational, you know, growing and learning with, with each other as human beings, I think. I just want to point this out. Like, I think it's finally awesome that in that, that ad, like at first, you know, when I found out they, you know, attach, just do it to an athlete. I was like an NFL player, like, hello, Serena Williams. I mean, if you're going to attach, just do it. Like, and finally they say in this ad, I can't remember what they call her, the greatest athlete in the world, right? Like, finally, someone's coming out and saying it, right? And everyone's agreeing with it. Well, maybe not everyone, but, I mean, she's (laughs) such a phenomenal athlete. She's so, so incredible. Um, I'm just really glad that they included that in there, too. And even though it might get a little overshadowed, like, I'm all in for Serena. Yeah, I'm all in for Serena as well. I think they, they, that was a terrific... A terrific twist on that how they pushed pushed her as like oh like don't just be a tennis player from compton be the best athlete in the world whatever it is it's just it's just a fantastic line and it and it fits it fits so so well uh and i side note go ahead just uh <laughs> thinking about that commercial i don't know if you guys noticed it but for lebron they they say don't be is, is they don't finish LeBron's line. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Interesting about being about about basketball. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I I know you you. It's inferred 
but they don't actually finish the line um, and I imagine that's because of Mike but that's just me <laughs> speculating here that's total rumor but <laughs> I mean that they can't call LeBron the greatest athlete ever uh, if Mike helped build that house. So, yeah, and that's what I thought too. I thought when they were saying that line, I'm thinking, what do you mean? What about Michael? Like, come on, man. He, like, wait a second. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not what this is about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. But uh, going back to Serena and uh, being the greatest athlete ever, there was some, you know, I, I, there was some talk about her as well because of the outfit that Nike designed for her and it being banned from the French Open and um, Nike had a great response but I guess the bigger issue is, is bigger than Nike's response is there is still a what do I call it a um, a movement or a, a a part of society that feels like they can tell a woman what to wear or what she can and cannot wear. Um, and I feel, I, you know, guys, feel free to jump in and tell me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like that's what's happening here with the French Open, where she can't wear, like, the cat suit that Serena wears. I, I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's necessarily, like, a female thing. Um, but it, it absolutely could be. I think that tennis in general, as much as I love watching tennis, it's such a, for lack of a better word, it's such a prude sport. And like all of, you know, the, the sport is so like proper compared to every other sport where, you know, I think like you've seen this before where like, you know, back when, when I was a kid, it was Andre Agassi was, you know, like not, wasn't allowed to wear certain colors at you know like he would wear like the you know the bright colors at the u.s open and then couldn't wear those same colors at you know wimbledon or at the french and and i think like just in general the sport is is very you know closed-minded when it comes to that stuff and i think that it's just with serena like being like you said like the greatest athlete ever like why are we like why are you still putting this you know and and she came out and said that that she still respects you know the the organization uh, um and you know will still be at the french open and all of that stuff but i just think it's like aren't we like a good 20 30 years past this kind of crap in sports but right you know, I, I mean digress. there there is there is something let me, let me be super clear first, like body shaming for women, telling women what to wear, I do not agree with on any level. Like that should be completely gone. But to the French Open side, like there is tradition in sports, right? Like some of the most enjoyable things about sports are traditions. And they look at the, the dress code as tradition, right? And so like that's where I think this starts to become a challenge. It's like do away with that tradition uh because no one cares anymore and frankly you're gonna update the sport to be cooler <laughs> anyways and probably sell more clothing to be honest mm -hmm. um so it's it it just is like okay i respect traditions totally down with that that's fine but right. at the same time like serena should be able to wear whatever the heck she pleases when she wants again we're talking about the greatest athlete in the world and she's a mother and she just had a baby and she played tennis pregnant like come on people this is this is unheard of 
Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because like you don't I, I feel like you don't want to jump to that conclusion and be like oh they're trying to prevent her from wearing what she wants to wear, um, but you also want to balance that with tradition. Like you get that you want to hold on to the tradition of the game, but like the game has been evolving all along. Like other things of the game are changing, so why not outfits? Why like you're like. The, the technology for the rackets is getting better. The materials that they're using for the rackets are getting better. You know, we have a, a better understanding of how the body works. And so clothing and shoes are being designed to better fit the body or to better work with the body or to be better work, to better, to work better with the body's movement and all of these things. So I think you have to advance the fashion as well. Like if you, you just want women in skirts, like, like that rule has to change. Like that's just not gonna be acceptable anymore like all women don't want to wear skirts or whatever the rule is for for the french open but yeah yeah i agree and i i think too like and it's important i think in the in that discussion to point out that it's not just about the technology that the athletes are using it's actually like you know like you have cameras that 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 do what the line judges are you know for decades centuries were supposed to do now taking on that responsibility right like if there's a close call they use technology to see if the call was right or wrong so in in a lot of ways like tradition is kind of like like out the window in almost every aspect of the sport but that one thing yeah and i think the part that really got me is the way that they worded it um it was it was you have to respect the game and the place as if Serena doesn't have respect for the game of tennis, yeah. which is is really where I, I think if if they would have said it just it, it it doesn't adhere to our clothing rules or something like that, I think I w- I would have been a little more you totally. know I would I would have understood a little more, yep. but to present it as if her wearing that disrespects the game of tennis and disrespects the wherever the French open, then I think that's when it crosses the line and that's when it, it opens up for a different conversation. But maybe that maybe that's just me. I just I just found those words and using the word respect as if she doesn't respect the game because she wore a cat suit literally for medical reasons, then that I don't know, that just didn't sit well with me. Yeah, it comes across um, really condescending. Yeah, yeah. Like this is our game. You re- you re- you respect our game. We just we allow you to play our game, so respect it, which is uh, very condescending and makes me angry. But yeah. we won't get into that. Don't don't forget uh, about like just a week prior to this, or around the same time, there was a woman penalized because she uh, had her shirt on backwards or inside out. I can't remember which it was, and she got penalized even though the guys could just completely take their shirts off there on the court. Yeah. Um, and there was that whole discussion too. So like you, you have multiple points now where the tennis uh, body, uh, authoritative body, is running into challenges in kind of the same arena. They've got to get it together. They got to get it together. We, I, we, you know, yeah. They, they just, they've got to get it together. So, speaking, uh, but speaking of being angry and speaking of being mad, um, there's some some people in the world. I don't want to say mad. I don't want to say I'm angry. I don't want to say I'm mad. Uh, let's Go say ahead. Tell I'm, me how you feel. I'm, uh, uh, I'm bothered. <laughs> no, not bothered. No, I don't want to say bothered. I'm. Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, 
I'm in a fit of rage. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm in a fit of I'm in a fit of rage because uh, there are a couple people I've seen on the internets and they're trying to take my job. Uh, so there's this guy named LeBron James who apparently feels like it's okay for him to do unboxings now on his Instagram story and reveal new shoes. And lo and behold, right on the heels of LeBron James, some unknown actor, probably has never worked a day in his life, named Will Smith, is doing something on his Instagram feed. Uh, I, I say all that kidding, but I kind of think that it's awesome that they're doing unboxings on their own. Uh, so both Will and LeBron did unboxing. LeBron unboxed the LeBron 16 HFR for Harlem Fashion Row, and Will did his Air Jordan 5, two versions of the Air Jordan 5, which he's doing for charity and kind of linked to his birthday and stuff like that. But it, it kind of brings on another conversation with, um, I think, what LeBron was trying to do with um, Uninterrupted of these athletes in really these entertainers being able to bring their own messaging to the crowd or to the audience which is which is an interesting sort of dynamic and almost like a change in the way that things are are being done i i imagine this kind of throws a wrench a little bit in in the way of the brands or the the media players that always felt like they had the control now these athletes and entertainers are kind of taking control over their own destiny in the way that they they talk about themselves yeah definitely i i, I mean I, I think i think that this is the future of of everything right like the athletes and entertainers that that really like go out and create content on their own like really own what they're passionate about own what they've built their brand around and tell the stories on their own are the future of you know big media conglomerates even right like it's it, lebron is like the you know lebron is like the kind of pinnacle athlete doing this right now but he's he's so much more than an athlete not to you know jump on the hashtag bandwagon or whatever but it's like he's he's doing so much outside of basketball to keep himself relevant and set himself up for life after basketball, you know, life after right. playing in the NBA, I guess. Um, that, like, to me, this is just, like, the, the people that get it, get it, right? Like, you, you want to go out and create your own content. Like, all three of us create our own content in different ways, and that's the value that we bring to, you know, like, people we work with. It's the value that we're able to, like, kind of do things that we're passionate about through telling those stories and you know kind of engaging with people but i think that like will smith doing it is actually really really awesome just because you know i think like i don't know that he was necessarily like the guy that was you know he probably had like a stylist or somebody seeding him jordans back in the day and just say wear these wear these and it was cool because it was cool to wear jordans but right <laughs> since he got on instagram whatever that was you know, uh, six months ago or a year ago, like he's he's created some of the best content in the world. Period. Because he's 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 being really really real about his growth, about his experiences, and about like just being inspirational, inspirational and motivational, and all of those things. And this is just another piece of that to me that just kind of 
brings him back to like the normal guy that you can kind of connect with and be like, yeah, like he was just excited about those shoes. It's so cool to see him do it, you know? Um, but I don't know, like it, I, I really think that these kind of things are awesome. And I just want to point out, he did do it on YouTube, Jacques. So I, I don't know, you know, I don't want to put you back into that fit of rage, but Wait, 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 wait. Will Smith did it on YouTube? I thought it was just on, on Instagram. No, there's a YouTube video, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a YouTube video as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for him. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great, great job, Will. Uh, got, got, you've got my support, bro. Um, nah, we should just awesome. put it out there now because he needs to do an unboxing video with you, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Will, uh, William, uh, Bill, um, not sure which name you prefer. Um, this is Jacques Slade and uh, I do unboxing videos on the internet, particularly YouTube. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that or not. I, I know you posted an unboxing of your own on YouTube. Um, but I do that. I do that as well. Um, so if you want to like link up and collab, <laughs> holler at me, bro. We can do this. Um, saying you don't see me acting in movies, um, but it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Will, C come on. Maybe no, you should no, think about saying. acting, Jacques. I mean, yeah. Ma ma now, obviously, now people, uh, you know, coming to my job doing what I do. No, but seriously, uh, Will, if you want to collaborate on unboxing, I'd love to do it. I think we could have a lot of fun uh, and make this happen. But enough about me. Um, <clears throat> enough about Will. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, this podcast. Uh, so, moving on to our next topic of discussion, we have video games. So, I'm a big video game fan, and uh, the video game that has dominated, dom like, dominated the world, really, for the last, I would say, 9 to 12 months is Fortnite. And it's just, like, an unexpected thing. It just grew huge, and it's based on a, a style of play called Battle Royale. Now, the bigger players weren't really at paying as much attention to that at first, but now it seems like that's gonna become a bigger part of some of these bigger, like, giant franchise sort of games. And the reason I say that is because Call of Duty announced a Battle Royale mode, uh, which is basically the same thing that Fortnite is doing. And I, I mentioned this in the video game since, but, I think it speaks to a larger thing that happens in the sneaker industry, in the video game industry, in the movie industry, just really everywhere of like a small player doing something and it just explodes and then you see other people, I guess in a sense, jump on the bandwagon and do something similar or the same thing. Um, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but if you're really into Fortnite, I kind of feel like this Battle Royale movement is kind of, kind of on the back end of it, if that makes any sense. Uh, are you guys, do you guys play video games at all? I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm talking about this. No, I, I mean, I'm yeah, not I like, a, I'm not like a big gamer by any means, but I, I think like the interesting thing about it is like, you know, this is like Call of Duty has such a massive following anyway, right? Like, right. Th like that's the that's the 
that's the real interesting thing to me is like it's like okay cool you completely just you know almost like reinvent the game by taking on this format that you already know is like massively popular through Fortnite. Uh, I think right. I think it's just exciting to 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 see somebody be able to like kind of you know pivot into this new way pivot in this new way that might you know it it's I think it's just going to create a lot of excitement for you know gamers but also like I, I like I think this type of thing could potentially you know transition into a lot of different things um, but Tiffany you you had some thoughts do you do you play Call of Duty or Fortnite <laughs> yes, I want to hear yes to this. I, I'm waiting for you to say yes. <laughs> uh, I do play Fortnite. Um, I have not played Call of Duty. I've definitely played games throughout my life. You know, there was a chunk of few years there where I didn't play any video games. But last year, I got totally pulled into Minecraft. Days on end. Days. I'm not kidding you. Days on end. Um, so I think it's fascinating. You know, like... I love playing Fortnite, like especially when you get people that have headsets and things and they're talking, but like I don't have a headset hooked up and everything yet. And so they can't hear me, but I can hear them. It's just it's just super fun. And, and of course, there are a bunch of young kids on there, too. Um, and so the, the conversations they have are so funny and it's so fun. I, you know, I think of if we didn't have back to your original question, Jacques. If we didn't have MySpace, who tried it out, you remember MySpace, and then Facebook, who virtually copied them but made it better, you know, unfortunately, MySpace is, well, is it gone? Or is it <laughs> just very small now? Uh, I mean, I think it's I, I still think MySpace there. MySpace is but, still yeah. around. It is. It is. <laughs> you know, that's evolution, right? Like, that is how products in our entire society advances right someone tries something and then someone builds upon it and builds upon it and builds upon it and unfortunately it does suck for the little guys but i think fortnite has a pretty strong following i mean i think they'll be able to hold out they keep doing really cool stuff they keep adding interesting things you play a little bit Jacques? uh i do not play as much as i would like i've played a couple of times but i sucked so bad that i just kind of gave up basically is what happened you gotta practice so this is what i think we do yes. jock yes. you and nick nick download fortnite and the three of us will play together on a team all right so, yes. yeah we should definitely and we'll battle and see what happens <laughs> I'm down for that. I am definitely down for that. Let's get a Fortnite game going. Uh, yeah. And speaking of video games, uh, something very interesting, and uh, Tiffany, I want to ask you to kind of jump in on this one as a uh, plastics engineer, FYI, for those listening. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but uh, Tiffany is an innovator in the world of plastic. Um, Xbox One released a grease-proof <laughs> controller. Um, can uh, I, I, I want to act like I can explain this, but I can't. Um, and it's 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 a tie-in with uh, PUBG, which is Players Unknown Battlegrounds, which really helps start the whole battle royale thing. But it says that the it is grief-proof. And hold on, let me read this. So the Crollo uses and the grease-proof 1.0 on its grip features uh, PUBG messengers. Each controller is numbered individually. There's only 200 in existence, but it doesn't say how the controller is grease-proof. Is it? Is there an ability to make a controller grease-proof? Um, I mean, the only thing I can think is like, 
You know, in the NFL, the receivers wear those gloves, and the the gloves are tacky. They have a tacky surface to them. All I can think is that they made the surface tacky so that even if you had grease on your hands, you know... They would st- it would still stick, but I don't I don't know. This is a, I don't I can't answer this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you know? Uh, it's, it says here the controller is laminated by hand with a urethane. Okay. Do you know? Does that mean anything to you? Because it means absolutely nothing to me. They could they could have said the controller is laminated with butter, and I'd have been like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, ure- a urethane is a type of plastic. Um, like PU is polyurethane. Um, right. It's typically, you know, that's part that used to be midsoles of shoes were made out of PU. Some of them still are. Um, but urethane is usually a two-part mix, kind of like epoxy, if you will. Um, epoxy is, uh-huh. I believe, a type of urethane too. So urethane is usually like a, a more rigid, um, I could be... I definitely would have to look this up more details, but um, it's interesting that they say it's a laminated urethane, though. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that means. It would mean there's layers. Basically, there's an adhesive under the urethane. Um, so now I'm starting to think like tool handles, right? Like if you look at a pair of channel locks, they have like uh-huh. a rubber kind of urethane based soft grip on them. Maybe it's something like oh. that. So if you think of like kitchen ah. tools and mm-hmm. garage tools, like they have to be preventative, like so they don't slip out of your hand when your hand's greasy. Maybe it's similar to the garage type, um, you know, tool. Okay. Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, for those of you that are interested, there are only 200 of these that are going to be made. So I imagine they're going to be super, super hard to get uh but if you do want a pair um ch- uh, imagine just search grease proof controller anywhere on the internet and you'll be able to find some information we found it over on mashable is where uh all the information kind of came from so if you're interested those are out there uh it says the controllers are limited with only 10 be 10 will be 10 will be made available through the xbox facebook page for australia and new zealand so if you're down under, which it, that was terrible, um, or in, I don't even have a New Zealand accent, so I'm, I'm going to say New Zealand, uh, which, which is an even worse accent. Um, you can uh, you can look and try to get, and try to win yourself one of those ten that they're giving away. Anyway, with that being said, uh, I think that's going to wrap up the show today. Uh, good show, guys. Uh, we talked about social justice. We talked about Serena and her cat suit. We talked about the new Roshi run. We talked about Battle Royale. We're going to play video games together. And to top it all off, we talked about these proof controllers, which is not something that I can say we've ever covered on this show. So we're, we're, we're breaking new ground. We're, we're venturing into places we've never been. And that's why we call it the Outside the Box Podcast, because we're looking outside the box, people. We're very literal here on this show. Uh, as you know, I am Jacques Slade. You can find me at Cousteau all over the internet. That's K-U-S-T-O-O. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. That's on YouTube. That's on Snapchat. And on Tinder. Holler at your boy. Um, but this show would not be what it is uh, with just me here. Obviously, I, I bring the Tom Fool but there are some really intelligent, bright, sophisticated people on this podcast, and they go by Nick Engvall and Tiffany Beers. Nick, tell them where they can find you. Uh, Nick Engvall, N-I-C-K-E-N-G-V-A-L-L on all platforms. You can also check uh, check out my site, sneakerhistory.com, or at sneakerhistory on all platforms as well. But really, I'm just uh, apparently going to learn how to play video games from these two, so... Uh, 
I'll be, I'll be taking lessons directly from Jacques and Tiffany. Tiffany, let them know how they can find you. Uh, Tiffany Beers. You can find me uh, at Tiffany Beers on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And we definitely have to get headsets so we can talk to each other. That yeah. will be... Yes. And I'm, now I'm thinking we need to video this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we're ready to. I don't know if we're ready to stream yet. But you know, Twitch. Twitch gamers, watch out! Outside the box podcast is coming. We're coming. We're coming for you, bruh. Uh, with that being said, as always, guys, we appreciate you. Uh, make sure you look us up uh, outside the outside. Goodness gracious! I don't even know how to say it. Outside pods on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, leave us comments. Leave us feedback. Leave us pretty pictures. And again, as I said last week, we're into relationship advice. So if you're having trouble with him or her, reach out to us and we will guide you in a direction. I don't know if it'll be the right direction, but we'll definitely send you in a direction. Uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.